This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to my favorite murder, the minions the minion. We're going to talk about minions only. This is your <laughs> central space for mini <laughs> minion Listen, conversations. We need to make some money. And so minions offered us fucking ten dollars and to do an episode strictly about minions. And we said, yes, we said, we'll do those weird little voices. We'll put on those overalls. We'll have one eye. And we're not, not even being taped. We're doing it anyways. I've watched those movies with Nora. They're so, so cute. many times. They're genuinely hilarious movies. Yeah. They're I was genuinely shocked. great. I was yeah. so bored and I was probably high. And I put the first one on and I was like, oh, I was going to make fun of this. And it's darling. Wait, what is the actual movie called? Despicable Me. Despicable. I knew you'd know it. Despicable Me. And there's our $10. We've earned it. Yeah, we did it. But part one, two, and I'm assuming three, because one and two, I can stand by and say that is turn that on. You'll enjoy yourself. Absolutely. I I agree. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Oh, my God. Feel the dollar, dollar bills pile up. Hey, happy Valentine's Day. Oh, my God, it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. That's so nice. I forgot. Do you know what I did? Huh? Here's my confession for Valentine's Day. Please do. Nora was having a um, fundraiser, a C's candy fundraiser. <gasps> okay, these are the words I want in my life more. Okay, good. Because you're about to have them in your life. <gasps> I bought 12 boxes <laughs> of C's candy heart-shaped boxes, Valentine's oh, boxes, yeah. for everybody at Exactly Right. Oh! And, and then just left them in the box on the counter, completely forgot about them. And then I was like... What am I supposed to fucking drive all over the place? (laughs) I should have sent them in the mail. That was going to be my idea is like, you know, uh, happy Valentine's Day. Love, George and Karen. I was going to original plan. Hey, since I'm the other half of Exactly Right, can I get can I get a name on there? Of course. Oh, thank you. You're going to be in there. There's a chance, though, that I've opened a couple (laughs) and eaten only the because it is like a it's not nuts and chews. It's the mix. Yes. So I don't like uh, I would say three quarters of what's in there. Vince and I definitely there's a there's a rift in this household of nuts (gasps) and chews or assorted. And I'm a definitely assorted. He's a nuts and guys. If you don't know what we're assorted, I knew you were going to say it because I love the. Okay, I know this isn't Minnesota. We're not supposed to be talking about shit. But guys, if you don't. Hold on a second. 
Yes, we are. Okay. This is our podcast. Well, who are the people? Who are the people <laughs> That's right. that listen to podcasts and then go on social media to say, I don't like when they talk on the they podcast. They didn't do it my way. Go away and start your own podcast <laughs> really... where you say hello and you immediately start reading out of Murderpedia. Go do yeah. that. Yeah, please. Wishing you well. Goodbye. Good luck. Get laid. Get fucked. Uh, <laughs> here. But so if you don't know, if you live in the Midwest or something and have never been to L.A. or through the airport or in California, uh, C's Candy is our is the best fucking chocolates I've ever had in my entire like the, the best. They're never not on our Hanukkah uh, dessert table. It's just like yep. the fucking thing. It's the thing. It's a perfect gift. If you don't know what to get people at Christmas, you get the two pound box of either assorted or nuts and chews, <laughs> depending, depending on, on your personality. Your fucking monster <laughs> or not. <laughs> and then if you don't know what to bring to a party, you don't want to bring a bottle of wine or whatever. Everyone loses their shit over a box of sea's candy. It's genuinely great. And their caramels, th- that's mostly what I'm in it for because their caramels are ridiculous. So insanely perfect. Another 10 Re- bucks. There we go. <laughs> Another plug. You're welcome, Mary. Mary C., who is a feminist icon. That's right. Good old Mary C. on the front of every box. That's right. I'm going to come out of COVID with Mary C.'s haircut. She has like <laughs> the total 30s finger wave, but it's yeah, gray. It's, it's old gray. School. Right. And she has her circular glasses and a beautiful shawl. Yep. Has anyone yep. ever gone as Mary C for Halloween? <gasps> if you have, may we please Mary C you? Oh my please. <laughs> good one. That would be the best idea. Yeah, you just carry around a box and you give people chocolates because <laughs> yes. when you go in their stores in the mall, you get you immediately get a free sample of a chocolate. That's right. So if there's you just a reason, Karen, if you have a, if you have C's candy at your local mall, and and if you do, us explaining this to you is stupid. <laughs> but if you do, the reason the line is long, oftentimes is not because people are having to get those one and two pound boxes right. of candy. It's because they're up there like, I'll take some of the molasses chips because they're it's for free. Right. Or if you go like if you when you were in like high school, it'd be like, I want a free chocolate. I can't afford chocolate. So you go in there and buy one of their suckers or lollipops, which are delicious for yes. like a buck. <laughs> and then you also get a free chocolate. Yeah. And then I'll, oh, I love it. I love that place. It's it's old fashioned hometown. That's right. It's good times. That's right. But who I well, on a later podcast, we'll discuss. Mm. I wonder where C's is and isn't. If it's like a West Coast thing, if it's if it's Pacific Northwest and I feel South. like it's, I've only seen it in California. But I actually I here's how I know that it's further than that, because I one year bought a, a two pound box of C's candy to my boyfriend at the time's mother um, who lived in Oregon, thinking it was this amazing gift mm-hmm. of like, let me bring local the, the candy of my people. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And she, I got off the plane and there's a C's thing like a C's uh, kiosk right outside my gate. So I was like, mm, well, here's a thing that you can get, too. It was like I brought her a, a big box of M&M's. There you go. Enjoy these rare candy. Oh, and that's why it didn't work out, I feel like. And that's why we had to let that relationship go. That's right. End it. Oh, meeting did. parents. That's another conversation oh, I, for another time. It is the worst. That's the worst. Do you um, want to go first this week? Sure. Why not? Let's change it up. It's v- It's Valentine's Day. It, it's Galentine's Day. Galentine's Day. <laughs> this is called Science Teacher, Just a Good Old Gal. <laughs> Hello, podcasters and podcast listeners. 
Good one. Hello. This is a story about my high school AP biology teacher. We will call her Dr. Benson. For one, everyone in my school called her Dr. Lucy in a condescending way. That was her (laughs) first name. And we'd always say, you know, Lucy, as in Lucifer. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This starts out bad and gets better. Um, She was a tough old girl weighing in at no more than 110 soaking wet and standing at a ferocious five feet even. (laughs) She could scare literally any six foot tall high school boy with one glance. Might I mention this woman is almost 80 years old and still hasn't stopped teaching. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, Dr. Benson had a reputation for going off on tangents about her own life. In fact, the five students of our AP biology class, all girls, go girls, she said, (laughs) were many times able to get her to go down rabbit trails to avoid taking quizzes. Yes. Yes. Dr. Luce, Dr. Benson, please tell us about your lives because we didn't study. Dr. Benson, did you have sarsaparilla when you were growing up? <laughs> Tell us all about it. Tell us about hanging out with Mrs. C's candy. And what was that like? <laughs> what was Mary C like as a rebellious teen? <laughs> um, she told us all about her first love, who was a man in the Navy who ended up with her best friend. Ouch. Both of them later ended up dying on the bed together, the notebook style. Oh, oh so shit. that was true love. Yeah, she told us she told us how she got her doctorate in animal science, wrestling cows and pigs. Yes, a five foot tall woman wrangling cattle is still the funniest thing I've ever imagined. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So many stories. But there was one I want to share in this email. When she was 17 years old, she was a clerk for a gas station in her hometown. One time she was alone counting out the money and about to close up shop. Just then a large burly man with a ski mask and a gun walked in. The first thing Dr. Benson said to him was, hey, we don't actually have cameras and I have a terrible memory, so you can just skip the whole I'm a scary masked man bit. This took him (laughs) aback with so much fuck you energy that he actually took off the mask and demanded the money. (laughs) It distracted him just enough for Dr. Benson to have enough time to grab, and this is all caps, her personal shotgun that she kept in the store to point at him. Oh, yes. This small 17 year old brought her dad's shotgun with her to every shift for this exact moment. Hell yeah. The guy ended up just running out and Dr. Benson closed up shop as usual. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the gas station did have one camera. So it it did did (laughs) capture his face. Yeah, it did. And the guy got arrested for attempted robbery. Mm -hmm. She said she didn't know what happened after that to the guy, but I can imagine he felt a little emasculated having been beaten out by a five foot tall 17 year old girl. Mm -hmm. Stay sexy and don't ever try to fight small people. Olive. (laughs) And then it says, P.S. If you want the story of the time she stopped someone who was assaulting her husband, just let me know. I have got far too many stories about this amazing woman. Write her fucking biography immediately. But in the meantime, Olive, send that story in. Put your name Olive in the subject line because we'll pull that immediately. Absolutely. Unless you're a ghost, how are you a person from today who's named Olive? Unbelievable. Lauren and Kurt Braunohler from our podcast network and Lauren, our our friend, their daughter's name is Olive, which is... It's coming back. It's the best. Come on back, Olive. I was a little mad that I couldn't name my cat that because I have a friend whose daughter's name is Olive. That would just be rude, right? 
I hope you really got in their face about it. Fuck. And then their other kid, their son's name is Gus, which is the other best cat's name in the world. And you're like, what? Wow. Is, why are you doing that? Maybe I shouldn't be friends with them anymore. Yeah. Like, maybe you should break up with them as a couple. Isn't <laughs> Gus the hot tub cat's name? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Gus. But that was that he was before them. So it's OK. Oh, OK. All right. Um, OK. Here's my first one. Hi, friends. This is a creepy neighbor story. I don't remember if you asked for that, but let's assume you did. When I, <laughs> I'm sure we did. When I lived in Salt Lake City, my husband and I lived in a row home that was only four houses long. I don't know what that is. I, don't you, know? I get, you know what I'm guessing? Yeah. It's a house that's stuck to three other houses. Okay. Or like in New York, how they have the railroad homes. And then it's like that, huh. where they're just like straight narrow but then the rooms break off hold on a second oh look at steven showing us rooms. got it thank you steven yeah. so they're houses that are just right next to each other smashed together yeah got it all right so our next door neighbor was a 50 ish year old guy named earl he was single worked at the gas station next to our house so was always outside his house smoking and hanging with people he met at the station what i was up? walking Right. I was walking to my car one day, not long after I moved in, and he stopped me and asked if I wanted to come inside to see his, quote, extensive butcher knife collection. <laughs> what the fuck? And went on to... <laughs> And went on to say he loved to sneak up on people and come at them slasher style as a joke. I politely said, no, thank you. And to never, ever do that to me. Oh, there <laughs> That's are right, boundaries. All red flags in this neighbor entire. boundaries. Oh, my God. OK, fast forward to three years later, still living at the same place. I was coming home on the bus from work like I do every day. It was a local bus route with the same people, and I thought it was odd that a guy I didn't recognize got on and off at the exact same stops I did. Mm -hmm. I decided to take a weird route home to see if he was, in fact, following me or if I was paranoid. I made a ton of random turns that looped back on itself, and he still followed mm -hmm. me about 20 steps behind me. I went to call my husband and realized my phone was dead. <laughs> and then in parentheses, a common occurrence for me. Mm. Me too. Mm -hmm. My husband worked later in the evening and I realized I was being followed while walking to my house where I would be alone with a dead phone. So my panic brain drove me in a direction that I didn't expect straight to my creepy neighbor Earl's front door. Oh. He opened the door and I told him some dude was following me. And without skipping a beat, he said, I'm on it and came out of the house with, you guessed it, a butcher knife Earl. in one hand and a taser in the yeah. other. Earl. The guy following was loitering behind a tree in front of my driveway and ditched quick after seeing Earl in all his knifed up glory. But Earl sat in front of my door with his knife and taser, despite my protests, until my husband came home two hours later it's the cutest oh george is full-on crying <laughs> you love you love the twist of earl huh well first first of all i feel guilty that i was like he's the problem you know what i mean and now i'm like sure. when you need someone in a moment like i'll never there, can i just say the story real quick yes my, and i was like 21 i had my first car and i it fucking of course died in the middle of a busy intersection and hmm. i don't know how to do car things because I'm 21 and I'm just standing out there crying and people are honking at me. The only person who got out of their car to help me was this enormous, fully tatted up, scary dude. And he yep. saw me crying. He pushed my car out of the way. He gave me his card because he was a tattoo artist, it turned out. <laughs> and I was just like, he was the only person who stopped to help me. So it's yeah. giving me those vibes and I find that very lovely. 
I mean, that is a beautiful story. And I think here's the thing. Earl was giving off red flag vibes. Yes. You weren't wrong to say it because okay. we all need to go over it time and again where it's like, yeah, sometimes when people collect weapons, that means ultimately <laughs> they would like to hurt people. But what we're learning from this story is it doesn't mean that they want to hurt the wrong people. Right. It's like Earl was a secret hero waiting for his moment and is with his butcher knives to shine. However, I feel like her instinct not to go inside his house was the right one too yes but also that's just good neighbor uh politics you don't want to be up in your neighbor's house yes you don't want to good fences make good neighbors you just keep, keep your distance <laughs> keep, stay likable by staying far away amazing that's that's what makes it all work okay, okay. so sorry god uh, uh, husband came home two hours later. Anyway, I don't know if the moral of the story is trust your creepy neighbors or charge your fucking phones or who the fuck knows. Stay sexy and start collecting butcher knives, Aaron. Wonderful instincts. Beautiful instincts. Yes. I think that was it's nice to have it's like a silver lining story happen every once in a while. It's also our our friend Neil Mahoney, who was one of the most wonderful people anyone has ever met him has met, collected switchblades and switchblades like, and knives and he just passed away like a month ago yeah and everyone's devastated and it made me think of him too and like he he had cre he could have creepy neighbor vibes if you didn't know him except he was kind of hot but he was hot and he had shy guy vibes which actually only adds to it doesn't take away from in my opinion it adds to absolutely also, he, he listened to this podcast and as we uh be, be got popular with it he sent me one of the loveliest notes about how watching this happen to us was like watching uh two girls like win the lottery and buy all the roller skates and gumballs they wanted it was like Aww. the cutest loveliest and he worked on mr show so he knew you from the beginning i've known him for a long time yeah. he was my secret crush for a long time yeah it's very fucking sad the, the idea that we lost neil mahoney of all people is is a goddamn tragedy it it's, is it's just wrong it is so that kind of made me like yes tear up from that um <laughs> this one's called if let's bring it back up this one's called okay. my dad tased phil specter <laughs> okay Here i had to go. read that because it's a spoiler but it's also the best okay yes hi georgia karen steven and all furry friends it's inclusive i like that i've been mm -hmm. wanting to write in chief for the longest time about my quote connection with phil specter my dad was a police officer in Southern California for almost 25 years and was one of the officers who responded to the 911 call after he shot and killed Lana Clarkson. Mm. Spectre was resisting arrest, which I didn't know. And my dad was the one who tased him. Wow. I was eight at the time and was extremely fascinated that my dad tased a celebrity. And I told everyone I could until I was told to stop telling people. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag oops. An eight-year-old being like, hey, my dad tastes... Okay. I remember watching the trial on TV as a kid and how they had to blur out my dad's name and face for privacy. He was actually asked to stand up so people could see his height and weight, and it was questioned why he even had a tase specter. Maybe because he had just killed someone? Question right. mark, question mark, question mark. My mom actually attended the trial one day and said specter turned around and stared at her and she got instant chills. When I told my dad about your podcast and how I wanted to write in with the story and suggested to cover Phil Spector, he replied with, why? That piece of shit doesn't deserve any more publicity. Mm -hmm. 
Needless to say, when Spectre died a few weeks ago, my dad's response was fucking finally. Thanks for all the stories that keep me entertained when I drive from Arizona to California to visit my family. I've turned my boyfriend into a murderino and we've bonded over our interest in true crime. I'm really glad my knowledge of serial killers hasn't scared him away yet. SSDGM, Kelsey. Kelsey, nice job. Okay. Here's, uh, well, I'm not going to read you the subject line of this one. Right. Because uh, it is a, it's a giveaway. Or, hey, Karen, Georgia, Stephen, and all the amazing fur babies. So just immediately trying to start a fight with me right <laughs> at the beginning. I went to an engineering university where our primary focused study is aerospace engineering. Mm. Among all of the smart technical people, here I was an art major. (laughs) I always felt like an outcast, but some of the headlines my university makes made me feel more normal than I ever felt. From a chemistry professor throwing a class made bomb into our pond to a professor shooting at a group of her colleagues because she didn't get tenure. That's that's the one I did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to pretend like I knew this, but Stephen actually just read it to us. University of Alabama at Huntsville is where I'm guessing this person went to college. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Because I did the story of um, Amy Bishop, who shot a bunch of people point blank in a meeting. Horrible. Uh, Horrifying. Okay. My university keeps me shaking my head. What takes the cake, though, is when mysterious silver boxes chained down to benches started randomly appearing around campus. No one reported it. However, someone eventually did report the mysterious boxes and suddenly the bomb squad descended upon our campus. Carefully, they blow up one of the boxes only to find a plane. Oh, what? Kittens? What? (laughs) No. Okay, good. Whew. A playing card inside. What? As these policemen stood there in confusion, a LARPing group, <laughs> oh. live action role playing, came to tell police that these mysterious silver boxes were part of a game they were all playing for their quote unquote quest. Guys! The police were not amused and instructed <laughs> them to go around campus and remove the boxes from all of their locations. So long story short, LARPing isn't unusual at my university, but our police department draws the line at LARPing games that involve <laughs> mysterious silver boxes. Fair Thank enough! So- <laughs> right? Do- that Also that are chained. Yeah! Like, think Think it through. It couldn't be like unless you had put crime scene tape around them, it couldn't have been more ominous. Yes, that's no one wants that shit. That's ridiculous. A locked box in a public place. Yeah, it's like if you see something, say something. Remember that quote and don't be the person (laughs) who puts a thing there that someone has to see it and say it. The seeing part. Yeah, exactly. Don't make people say things about the thing they can see. (laughs) Thank you so much for being an awesome podcast to listen to. You always seem to brighten my day while Mm. keeping me aware of horrible people. Much love, Sabrina. Sabrina. (laughs) Who fucking knew? I feel like you should be loud and proud about your art student status because it could be so much worse as everyone at your school has shown or something. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. 
Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. My last one is just hometown story. <clears throat> oh, and, and uh, maybe I picked it because of the opening. Maybe not. Hi to all, but especially Cookie. Hello. When I heard your call for stories about hippie parents who went on to do good in the world, I knew it was my chance to write in. I don't remember that. Do you, Karen? Yes, I do. Okay, great. 
It's the woman who, remember the mom worked for missing and murdered oh, indigenous women? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. My parents, Lori and Mel, met in the 1970s when they were both attending a non-traditional program at the University of Montana. One December night, they were hanging out at the train yard with their mutual friend, Joel, as one apparently does in small town Montana. They decided to take a look inside one of the freight trains. One thing led to another and the train took off. Oh, (laughs) Joel bailed after a day or two. But my parents spent the next month riding the rails like old timey hobos (laughs) and ended up falling in love. Oh, I know. Yep. When they finally made it back to Montana, they moved into a teepee with about 20 friends. And then it says in parentheses, it was the 70s. And I'm sure my very white parents were less aware of cultural appropriation than they would be now. So they started planning for their future. And while my mom had planned to become a nutritionist, my dad talked her into going to medical school. She eventually became a pediatrician and went on to start a program where she provided medical care to all of the foster kids in Denver, Colorado. Oh, she never told me much about the kids she'd work with. And I won't share any other stories because they're not mine to tell. But I will say that it's inspiring that after 30 years of seeing some really fucked up shit, she still believes in the inherent goodness of people. She fucking provided medical care to all the foster kids in Denver. That's like That's saintly. My mom is also known for her understated, dry sense of humor. She's given me great advice like, quote, if a man who has been divorced twice tries to get you to move onto a boat with him, just say no. (laughs) Which I like. Very specific. Uh And, quote, sometimes things seem bad, but you just get used to them and then they get worse. (laughs) (laughs) She gave me that second bit of advice in January 2020. So she's a fucking visionary visionary and a fucking predictor of the future. Yep. Stay sexy and be careful who you hang out with in the train yard because you might fall in love. Uh, Love Hannah and Hannah's pronouns are she, her. A lovely romantic story. It reminds me of like in college when you all go to a Denny's after like an event and you end up sitting at that Denny's for like four hours laughing your ass off and talking. But then you realize after a while, this used to be my one of my favorite things to talk about is after a while you start to understand that energy that everyone is. I mean, and this is very theater student uh Yeah. Typical thing I'm talking about. But you realize after a while, the energy is actually coming from two people that have a crush on each other. That they're the reason that (gasps) that everyone's there. Those two people want to be around each other, but are nervous. And so everyone else is there hanging out and having fun. But there is there are basically two. There's an energy between two people that is like everyone else is feeding. And they're like, it's the only way they can break down their boundaries enough to be the funny yeah, like you're you want to be around your friends when you with the person you have a crush on because that way you, you can be yourself and they see yes. you, what you're really like because you're so fucking nervous. And, and yeah, and terrified. there's the, the pressure. <gasps> yes, exactly. Like the pressure is lessened. And so it's like the three of them were hanging out in the train yard, you know, casual, yeah. no big deal. Yeah. Then they're like, oh, it'd be funny if we got all got on this thing. But her parents were basically like, I'll get on this train and yeah. stay on it forever. And with two you. to three days, Joel was like, um, this isn't going to happen for me. This is stupid. And <laughs> Now we're like four counties away from how am I going to get back home? That's right. He's like, I'm not 
going to be making out with either of you. So I am out so of here. So peace. And then just jump. I could just picture him just jumping <laughs> and rolling. You did me. <laughs> From um, Throw Jimmy's Big Adventure, when he said oh, the yeah. Jimmy Crack Corn, where the guy finally is like, I can't sing Jimmy Crack Corn anymore. Get me out of here. Oh, train life. All right. Are you ready for the last one? Always. I'm not going to read you the, the subject okay. line, although it's funny. Hi, Karen, Georgia, and Stephen. Hi. Hi. I'm writing in because you all requested embarrassing stories. And although my life is full of them, this one from my high school career ascends to a level beyond. Mm, bring it. Lucky for you, I've resorted to thinking about high school. It's <laughs> I've resorted to thinking about high school as some distant fictional comedic farce, which makes it palatable to repeat oh, to strangers. Everyone try that. Everyone try. It's a, it's a not yet written chapter in your memoirs. Yes. So just start practicing telling it. There's to be able to begin to transition out of bitterness, rage and pain mm -hmm. from high school and take this person's um, plan of thinking about it as some distant fictional comedic farce is like a life plan. It is. And everyone know who's in their 20s right now, you're going to also do that with your 20s. So don't worry about it. Yeah. As a person in their 50s, let me just tell you this whole thing. <laughs> this is the way you do all of life. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> just like Kelsey's mom said, it just keeps getting worse. So True. you have to like be developing this constant idea of like, it's not hilarious when I went into foreclosure. I, I always oh feel like God. that girl did this. Like I refer to myself at, at 35 <laughs> as that girl was fucking crazy. <laughs> that girl. Oh, my God. I'd never hang out with her. Again. That Georgia. It was, it was me. It was, it was not. Me. Yeah. Okay, I'm from a town outside Nashville, Tennessee called Brentwood. For a majority of my high school career, I was going through a very angsty, misunderstood phase. Mm. Aside from the fact that I played on the rugby team, I kept my internal aggression to myself, except for one, except for by accident, one fateful Friday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Our high school was, <laughs> our high school was hyped up for the football game that night. So naturally, after the last bell rang, the teens flooded into the hallways with increased amounts of shelling and crowding. Mm. I was navigating the chaos as usual, my hands full of books and my mind full of numbness and apathy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's uh, how you do it. Uh. It was at this moment that the urge to yawn overcame me. With my hands full, I couldn't cover my mouth, which I thought was fine. Spoiler, it was not fine. <laughs> Immediately after the yawn began, one of the football players, who was probably about six foot five, rounded the corner with his arms outstretched like an eagle over the crowded hallway. I, s <laughs> I saw it coming and tried to end the yawn prematurely, but it was too late, which also you can't end no. a yawn prematurely. You'll never look chill trying to end a yawn. Also, ah. your muscles are set in such a way where you have to finish the yawn. You can't yeah. just like snap it back closed. You'll You're die. You'll die. You'll die. But it was too late. By the time his arm reached my face, it fit into my mouth perfectly, almost like a puzzle piece. <laughs> I didn't have <laughs> I didn't have time to feel anything other than disgust and horror as I reflexively bit down no. on his arm. <laughs> what is, this is his fault so far. I just want it to go entirely. on record. I mean, it's very football player to just like fly like yeah. an eagle. First of all, it must be fun to be six, six foot five. Absolutely. You're up above all the other teams. Yeah. You don't have to look straight into anyone's acne ridden, sure. sad, <laughs> apathetic face. Mm -hmm. You're up there flying like an eagle. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, big yeah. night, yeah. the game. 
the game's coming. <laughs> As I quickly unlatched, the crowd carried the two of us in opposite directions, not giving any time to acknowledge what just happened. <laughs> and looking back, I am incredibly thankful for the surge of sports testosterone that filled the hallways oh. in that moment. Otherwise, I might have made eye contact with the guy and died of embarrassment. <laughs> anyway, thank you for all the laughs. No, there's not more. I want more. <laughs> they got away with it. Basically, big yawn, then like arm appetizer, and then just <laughs> never the twain shall meet. They're two ships passing in the night. It could have been love, but instead it was just like tasted your arm and then walked away. If this guy, we're going to call him Chad. If Chad is a murderino and he's hearing this, <gasps> you need to write your side of the story in immediately of Chad. what you thought. Did you go to high school in Brentwood, Tennessee? Were you a six foot five football player? Do you remember that fateful Friday afternoon of the big game? Could you not Live. play because your aunt, you had a fucking wound? What if like, it you, changed his entire trajectory in life because he was going on to university to be like the fucking star quarterback or whatever. And he got bit and it fucking. What if he had? It's the day of the big game. So he got high in the bathroom right before last <gasps> period. And, he was and so he's super high. He's flying like an eagle. Ooh, this is so cool. I'm yeah. so high. He gets bit. Suddenly the drugs turn on him as drugs will. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God, there is a zombie outbreak. <gasps> and then he's freaking out yeah. for the rest of the night. He doesn't play in the football game. Yeah. And then he goes on to have a really successful career. Right. And very satisfying. Because he would have become a drug head. And right. he did it because he was like, well, I'm never doing it. That was like his trigger to be horrifying. like, I'm doing I'm not doing drugs because he would have, moved, you know, gateway drugs or thing. He was definitely on his way to gateway. That's to hell. right. However, I really wish this had been a that's how we fell in love story. I God. Because they still can be his arm, his arm fit into her mouth. Oh, when does that ever happen? Oh, like a puzzle it, piece. She said like a puzzle, like a heart shaped puzzle. piece. Listen, Isn't maybe they're both divorcees. They've, you know, they've had Guys. their like Brentwood High. When you have your 25th anniversary <laughs> uh, reunion, what's it called? <laughs> anniversary, in there. right? Birthday. Your, when you have your 25th birthday. As a high school, when you have your big high school birthday. What if he had had a crush on her the whole time and he had been wanting to ask her out and then he was about, he was coming around. He was like, you're an eagle, man. You can fucking do this. And then she bit him. <laughs> she bit him. And then he was like, if I, that's kind of a sign that yeah. she's not into If she me. liked me, she wouldn't have bit down on my she arm. She wouldn't have bit me? Right. Mm. Or I, fl I fucked this up because I put my probably like if you're six, five in high school, you've already you've hit puberty and you have a hairy arm. And he's like, I stuck my hairy fucking arm and in my crush. Yeah. Now, what if separate from the the romance we're projecting out of this? What if it was just a thing where he never lifted his arms again <laughs> ever? Like he would that suddenly that was a that that's like a new fear he has where he's yeah. just like, I can't put my arms out. He was trying to get the nickname the eagle. And that day it died. He, when he saw the movie Titanic, he screamed so loud in the theater that he had to leave. <laughs> he, had, he was very triggered by Titanic. Oh, my God. We did it. Near far. Wait, there's more to this. Oh, wow. Shit. Anyway, thank you for all the laughs and the real talk moments surrounding mental health. Your podcast has helped me more than you know. Oh, a smiley face with a colon and a close okay. parentheses. SDGM. SDGM? <laughs> SDGM. No, I don't know if it's no stay or no sexy, but yeah. just SDGM. And don't ever yawn without being up to date on your rabies vaccine, <laughs> Allison. Allison, thank you. 
Wonderful story, Allison. Thank you for letting us riff, giving us a chance to finally riff. Allison, thank you for letting us be a part of your biting story. (laughs) If you've got a biting story or a fly like an eagle story, or a Joe Biden story, even (laughs) (laughs) please send us. Do you have a rabies story? I remember like in the 80s, rabies was a real thing to be scared about. That's because Cujo was such a wonderful film. Wonderful film. And partially shot in Petaluma. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a part in in Cujo where they're driving to the mechanic's house. Uh And it's how we used to go home to and from school. It's Bodega Avenue. Yeah. And when I saw it in the movie, I was just like, we've made it. Yes, you have. (laughs) We're stars. (laughs) My brother in high school, he was he wasn't he was on a bad track. And he had a movie with my dad and my dad was like, every boy needs a dog to get responsible with. And so he Mm. got my brother. They went to the rescue and there was a puppy and they took him home and he was the sweetest, dumbest dog you've ever met. He brought my cat the ball once to like throw the ball. Like he was just so sweet and stupid. And my brother named him Cujo because he was an an angsty teen with a fucking bad attitude and this dumb, sweet baby was named Cujo. He was our like childhood dog. That's hilarious. Um... Write your fucking... We don't care what the story is. We won't remember even asking for it. So just write it in. We just want to hear from you. Write your... Tell us us a story. Write your your future memoir stories that you're trying to to get some humor around that you still can't tell anyone. You can be anonymous. Write them to us and we'll make fun of them. Sure. Also, I think in this episode i think there was a little undercurrent of meat cutes if you have a good <gasps> meat cute story for your relationship whether it's yes. like um kelsey's parents on the train or covid imagined meat cute yeah say? like a future like a co- have you met someone in covid that's like oh i never you know what i mean <laughs> i found someone living in the walls of my house <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, finally was, one of the one of those stories he said positive. his name was covid jack and we <laughs> fell in love yeah i love meet cute stories yeah if it's real in a better it, don't creepy pasta us with a meat cute no are there meat I cute creepy pastas so mad at you <laughs> what a waste this of time a, this mini soda is almost an hour oh shit <laughs> We got to get out of here. All right. Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? Ah.